You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 880 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Tuesday evening into Wednesday. And today's podcast is sponsored by the good folks at Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code Locked On. You get 20% off your next order with Built Bar. We have plenty to come on today's podcast. If you missed it, Yesterday was part one of a two-parter with Robbie Calland. Robbie is a good friend of mine. We talked about all of the Western Conference over-under win totals on that podcast. I would deeply encourage you to go back and listen to it if you missed that one. Uh, today is the Eastern Conference, and we're going to start with the Hawks, as you'll hear momentarily. We do about 20 minutes on the Hawks, um, just because we could, and this is a Hawks podcast, so we focused a little bit more on them. Robbie used to cover the Hawks at one point for Hawks.com. Before that, at Peachtree Hoops, where I am now the editor-in-chief, so plenty of uh, back knowledge there from Robbie, and a fun time had by all on that front. If you miss anything from previous episodes, also still worth listening to at this point in time. The archive is jam-packed with Hawks Insight, and the season is upcoming, of course. The preseason opener is on Friday. Last week, we had Eric Horn and Harrison Fagan to talk about Danilo Gallinari and Rajon Rondo, respectively. And from there, we had a two-part deep dive with Tyler Jones, another good friend of the program. We talked about all the transactions over the offseason, as well as looking ahead to the rotation, etc. on last week's podcast. So those are all still available. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends about the podcast. And thank you, as always, for joining us. Before we get to Robbie and the Eastern Conference over-unders, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is Built Bar. I've been telling you for a long time that Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and that is still very much the case, but also the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. The original flavors are fantastic and they continue to be so, but now there are 18 amazing flavors to choose from, including new selections like caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, and and of course my personal favorite in cookies and cream. Each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and they're all soft and easy to chew, which is also very important to point out. And from there, I should remind you that Built Bar is also fantastic. For those of us trying to be health conscious, you can maintain or even lose weight while still enjoying something that's absolutely delicious. Bars are low calorie, high protein, low sugar, and high fiber. And Built Bar is even great if you're on the keto diet with all the nutrients you need. And again, a taste that puts other competitors in the space to absolute shame. In order to check it all out, BuiltBar.com is the place to go. Yes, it's BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On when you get there. When you visit BuiltBar.com and use that promo code, you'll get 20% off your next order with Built Bar. One more time, that is BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com and try Built Bar today. I'm joined now by Robbie Calland. To continue our annual dive into the over-unders, Robbie, thank you for joining me once again. Pleasure to be here. So we're back in our comfort zone now. It's the Eastern Conference on this podcast. And uh, considering this is an Atlanta Hawks podcast, ostensibly, uh, we will start with the Atlanta Hawks, especially because they are alphabetically first, which makes it even easier. It's kind of funny. Uh, I know you know this from covering the team back in the day. Every time a national outlet does like a full conference breakdown, the Hawks are first. It's just like so obviously easy to like listen to a podcast. It's just like that's the first mm-hmm. team up. Just fire off mm-hmm. ten minutes and there you go. There it is. Um, so the Hawks are first. We'll spend more time on the Hawks than the other teams because this is what we do here. Correct. Um, but online, which is our mission. If you missed part one, by the way, go back and listen to it. Um, it's available on the Western Conference. But uh, we're using but online numbers as of Monday evening as we record this, and. The Hawks number 
is 35 and a half wins, which is modest, but the over is juiced minus 160. <laughs> uh, that's correct. The that's only the only the only thing juice like that was the uh, Golden State under which we discussed yesterday. Yeah. So that's an odd yeah. way of doing it. I will say I've, right. lo- I've looked at a lot of over unders in the Hawks. Basically, all of the books have somewhere between 34 and a half and 36 and a half. So it's kind of in this mid 30s range. Um, yeah. Clearly, Bellline's taking some money on the over, or they would not have it juiced as much as they yes. have. Um, and the Hawks are a popular ish team now. Mm-hmm. What is your opening? Uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to stay out of the way on this one for the most part because I, I share my Hawks thoughts daily. Uh, <laughs> where, where, where are you at with this Hawks team and this number? I mean, they're a good team. They're a playoff team, and I think the question comes down to how good is the how good is the rest of the East kind of around them? Because I think when you look at the East, you're talking about a pretty clear hierarchy at the top, where you have uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Toronto, Miami, and you expect Brooklyn pending the health of their guys. So you're talking about those five at the top. Five plus, so it's basically it's basically six if you include Brooklyn and five if you don't, and then right. you have, and then you have Indiana is yeah, the other Toronto, seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the, yeah, Toronto. I think I forgot to mention. So yeah. you have those six, and then you have Atlanta, Indiana, Washington, Orlando. You know, that those that guys group. that 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 group of four, and then you get to you know your Hornets and your Bulls and your Knicks and your. You know, the Pistons could be kind of at the top of that next tier if Blake Griffin's there the whole time and healthy and that sort of thing. So I think the question for me with the Hawks is going to come down to, like, can they separate themselves in that group? Because I've posited this to you uh, in, in Slack, which is basically, like, I look at the Hawks the way I look at, like, what if the Wizards were more talented? Because you're going to have the same questions about both teams for instance like the uh, to be clear the hawks are a better team than the wizards i believe that full stop however you're talking about a team that has significant defensive questions but should have a top 10 offense at minimum right like if the hawks don't have a top 10 offense something has gone awry this season like i think you have to believe that when you bring in bogdanovich when you bring in gallinari um you expect that when you bring in look i'm not high on the rondo signing i know you're not high on the rondo signing because regular season rondo just has not been good for a few years now like this is going on like four plus years where he has just not been super productive in the regular season i think he had one solid year in new orleans but other than that he's just not been it, he he's just not the same guy that he is when he gets to the postseason and so the question is like, okay, like this is a team trying to make the postseason. How much are you getting out of him? But even if he is mediocre as hell, it's an upgrade over what they've had behind Trey for the last couple of years. Like he he's competent. He's gonna, you know, run an offense and do that. Even if he's just mediocre old Rondo and doesn't look anything like the guy we saw in the playoffs, he's an upgrade. And then you have other guys that can initiate offense. You have Gallinari. You have Bogdanovich. Um, you're moving your young guys into smaller roles that will be more defined, which I think is always an important thing for young guys. Is like when you have a guy like Cam Reddish, 
who we saw last year, particularly in like January, February and on where you go, wow, like, okay, like these are the things he does well. And when he's able to do those things, we know what to ask of him now. This is now a team where that's all you have to ask him to do, right? Okay, play defense. You're going to be kind of our lead defender on the wing. He's going to have to be, right? Yeah. Like he is going to have to be your lead defender on the wing. He's going to have to be the guy that you say, you get the toughest assignment and you've got to go out there. And that's where you're, that's where you're going to be. And then you're going to be catch and shoot. You're going to be cutting and you'll be a tertiary offensive player, which I think is perfect for him right now. He can continue to grow, but it can be Trey. It can be Bogdan. It can be Gallo. I, you know, I don't know how they're going to do rotations and stuff, but you know, he'll always, I think have a couple of those guys out there with him. That's a really good place for him to be. Herder is the same thing. You're not going to ask Herder anymore. Hey, we got to have you, you know, put the ball in the deck because you're playing next to Trey they're swarming him. You've got to go create. <clears throat> now Herder can be kind of your spot up specialist and occasionally, you know, catch pump and attack closeouts as opposed to, okay, Kevin, go try to break this guy down. Right. So I think that the impact of these signings isn't just, you know, I know there's concern of like, okay, does it stymie the growth? It might stymie some of the minutes, but I think the way to look at it, if you're a Hawks fan, is to say this is a good thing for our young guys because they might not be getting 30 minutes a night, but their 20 to 25 minutes that they're getting, or even 18, whatever it is, for guys like DeAndre Hunter, those are going to be in a defined role that they can succeed in. And that's what you want if you're trying to make the playoffs. You don't want guys just thrown out there and still hoping to figure out who they are. At this point, you get to tell them who they are on your basketball team, and that's a positive step. So I, I understand the concerns about, oh, we have a crowded roster now. And it is, and that's going to be a really interesting thing to watch all year from Lloyd Pierce is who's getting minutes, who's not getting minutes, all of this. There's going to be frustration about it because you're going to be like, why is Cam not on the floor as much? Why is DeAndre not on the floor as much? Why, you know, everybody that, like, especially on the wing because that's crowded now, right? Like, Two to four, not a lot of minutes to go around. Or, or <laughs> a lot of guys, finite guys. minutes, right? But, again, I think the good thing is you can tell your guys this is what you're doing when you're on the floor because you have these other guys. Like, you're bringing in veterans who know what they do, and they can help your young guys figure out exactly what they do. And I think that's a really underrated thing of team building when you have a roster of young guys is being able to define what someone does and have them perfect that craft. Because when you're asked to do everything, you know, it's super broad. You know, you go mile wide and an inch deep. You want to go inch wide, mile deep, because then you can really hone your skills. And I think that's what we're going to see from these young guys is they're going to get better at the things that the Hawks really are going to want them to do rather than needing some of those guys to do some things that, are weaknesses now and may never be in the strengths category. Um, and then you add in this team, you know, we've talked about it. defensively. That's the question that's going to, you know, raise the ceiling or lower the floor is where can they be defensively? This was a really bad defensive team last year. You 
add in Clint Capella, who obviously wasn't an offseason addition, but will finally be playing basketball for the Atlanta Hawks, he raises your floor immediately, right? Like, he's a guy who's a very good rim protector um, and just cleans up mistakes, which you need with some of the guys you have on the perimeter. And he is and he is also <clears throat> crucially replacing guys that were absolutely very not good. I was Correct. Ter- I'll, I'll be generous and not say terrible, but, uh, you know, I, I made some notes. I'm doing a podcast appearance with somebody else this week. And uh, Damian Jones played nearly 900 minutes for the Hawks last year. And they had a defensive rating of like 117 with him on the court. Yeah. It, it was jarringly poor. And not great. You might, I mean, there's this notion out there that Capella is this like uber stopper. And that isn't necessarily the case. But I think he is at absolute worst a slightly above average defender at center. And like that, that compared to what the Hawks had is just a remarkable uh, upgrade. It's not all Clint, but he is by far the biggest reason why they will be better defensively. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, uh, this is going to be the balancing act for Lloyd Pierce is you're talking about, okay, we need to figure out how we're going to put solid defensive lineups out there, especially in like the fourth quarter. We're going to learn a lot about what Lloyd thinks of guys um, with who he deploys in the final eight minutes of the game. Because that's when you're going to want your best defensive lineup out there, but also you're going to need, you know, capable offensive guys. So, like, is that Trey, Bogdan, Cam, Collins, and Capella, or is Gallo out there instead of Collins? Or, you know, how are you doing this stuff? Because you can't really play Gallo and Collins together in crunch time. Unless, a, unless you're losing and you have to come. <laughs> and I mean, you just have to. That's your that offense voice. lineup for sure. And, you know, yeah. the last couple of days, I know you're not like dialed in the way that I am on these on these Zooms that Lloyd's giving. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's getting out in front of it to some degree and just talking about the fact that they're going to have different lineups and different nights. And sure. you and I know that's the case. But right. you know this. Most people want to just know who the five guys are, and that's it's not that simple on this team. I mean, even well, if and that's, and that's there is the some lips, there, there's some lip service there for sure. Like well. some some of, this, some of this is coach speak for sure, but it really is the case on this mm-hmm. team where they're gonna have different looks for different opponents and back and for different situations and stuff. Yeah, and for different like you said, there's gonna be a lineup where we need to just score points, and there's gonna be a lineup where like we have a lead, we need defense out there. And it's going to vary. And, like, look, like, Hawks fans know, like, Lloyd will run with who he feels comfortable with in any given night. We've seen him put Trey on the bench for a defensive lineup. Like, this is a thing he'll do. Um, And so, you know, part of that was challenging his guys. But part of that is just, like, he knows what the score is this year. It's playoff or bust. This This is not a secret. I mean, everybody has said it. Uh, he said it, Schlenk said it, pretty much everybody's like, look, we got to make the playoffs this year. So they're going to, they're going to do different stuff. And and I think it's a good problem to have when you've been a Hawks team that hasn't had dudes and hasn't had lineup versatility, but it's certainly something new that is going to be an adjustment. And it's probably going to take some time for him to figure out who he's comfortable with and who other guys on the team are comfortable with because we got a condensed offseason. You know, this isn't a situation where these guys have been able to do unofficial workouts together for two or three months. Like, they're coming in, and they're trying to figure it out in three weeks. And that's going to make for maybe some sloppiness early, 
it's going to take some time. Um, but I think, you know, by, by March, when we get to this fake all-star break and, and start looking towards when they release the second half of the schedule, that's when you're going to, uh, I think know a lot about where Lloyd's head is at with these guys and, and who works best with who, but look, they did a really good job. I mean, you still have a question behind Capella at the five, you know, um, particularly defensively. Yeah, I mean, but, you're, 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 you're assuming we're also it'll, it'll be a Kongwu eventually. He's got the uh, injury mm-hmm. right now. And even then, like, he's, I think, more NBA-ready than most rookies are, but he's sure. still a rookie. Um, and behind that, you have Bruno Fernando, you have mm-hmm. Collins at the five. Like, th- that is one of the concerns, especially through the prism of the over-under, is if if Capella is hurt for a little bit, it might get a little dicey. Um mm-hmm. And he's relatively durable, but hasn't played basketball in several months. So we'll see what happens there. But that is one of the spots where it's basically Trey is by far number one in terms of guys you can't be without. And sure. then I would probably argue Capella is too. He's not the second best yeah, player on the team, but they they desperately the, need him. To he's be. the one that they don't have depth behind, really. I mean, at like, least at least like proven depth. I mean, Akongwu sure. might be pretty good right away. He could be, but yeah, he's yeah, yeah. still I, a rookie, and he's kind of banged up right now and that's not certain in the way that like, if you lose Collins you have Gallinari if you lose Gallinari you have Collins if you lose Reddish at least ha- you have you have guys like Hunter and Herter who have been around that are players um yeah. same with Bogdanovich there just right. really isn't that you know semi-proven option behind Capella I mean Trey is still number one with a bullet on this list but I think yeah. it's I think it probably is Capella honestly yeah no I think you're right and so like you have that question and and you know I think that's the other interesting thing is like for the last couple of years, it's been, Hey, we got this rookie. We're going to play him a bunch. And like, that's not going to be the case with the Congo. He's not going to get the same minutes that we've seen from these top picks the last few years, just because the team's better. He's going to play. He's going to have to play and they're going to have to figure out what they have. And if he can, because like you said, he is their best defensive option at that spot behind Capella with what he can do as a rim protector. And he, you know, I, I got a chance to to talk with him for a profile before the draft. And, and like, he believes he can come in and, uh, and be that guy that can, that can help anchor a defense. And, and it really comes down to what can you do offensively? What can he bring you? He he's a guy that, you know, his free throw percentage suggests like, okay, he, he might be able to eventually step out and shoot uh, from the perimeter, but he's not there yet. It's still a skill that he is trying to grow into. Um, but he's, you know, he can be a pick and roll guy, um, which like, I think that's a night, like for him, he comes into the league with NBA skill sets as a big rim protector, uh, switchable defender, which doesn't really matter as much on a Hawks team that you can't switch stuff a lot uh, because of Trey. And yeah, I mean, they might this. do a little bit of switching this year. <laughs> you but... can do it. You can do it on the wing and you can do it, you know, if you have a Kongu out there, but like, Basically, the one five stuff you can't switch because you just can't switch Trey onto a big. Yeah, it, it. they're not. They're, this is not the Rockets. They're they're not built to switch everything. No, 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 no. they're not going to do that. Um, but like you, you do have, you know, a little more versatility defensively, which is nice. Uh, that's not something they have necessarily had the last couple of years. And um, yeah, I mean, like, and then offensively, he can come in. He can play the pick and roll. Uh, he's a great lob threat, that sort of thing. So, you know, Trey will have some fun with that with him and Collins, but, um, and Capella. And, and so, 
you know, like he's the question mark. And if he's good, if he comes in, he can be a good bench big. Like then you have to feel pretty good about, you know, going back to the winter. You got to feel pretty good about the over. Like obviously all, there's always the health pending thing, but that goes for every team. And uh, the Hawks don't have any lingering stuff that you really worry about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, I, there's a reason that this over is juiced to the point that it is. Um, I would never lay minus 160. On really any on a, total? On the NBA? any total? Yeah. In my, you know, like, I wouldn't lay 160 on anything that's not a money line. But, like, like no. On any future bet? Absolutely not. So, uh, but that's the side I would lean you know, I think this is a 500 team. Like, I feel like that's comfortably there, and that'd be 36 and 36. And I could, I could see them getting, you know, 38 wins without yeah, I mean, it being too big of a stretch. And it really comes down to um, how quickly they gel. Because, like, if they stumble out of the gate, that obviously makes things more difficult. Uh, to get to that total. So it's like, how quickly can this new group come together and figure it out? Uh, because they can't afford like a three and seven start or something, especially in a shortened year. Um, but like, they just got to come out of the gate and hang in that 500 range. If you can keep in that range. Then you hope by the end of the season that you're clicking and really firing. Um, and really, I think, you obviously you want to snag seven or eight um, to make sure that you have a chance, two chances basically uh, to win your way into the playoffs. And if you can crack, you know, if one of these teams in the, in that top six, that top tier that we talked about, if one of these teams slips uh, or has injury, then you want to be the team in position to jump into that guaranteed spot. Yep. Um, and I think if you're the Hawks, that has to be, you know, you're looking for the seven or, you know, if you can get to that six because somebody slides. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be their goal. I mean, Lloyd, Lloyd kind of made it made it a not a joke, but he, it was lighthearted. But he somebody asked him about the play in and he kind of said, look, as soon as there was a play in, the goal becomes to not be in the play in. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It's I, I mean, they're realistic, I'm sure, on some level, but their goal is to not be in, not be in the play-in. And of that's what and you want to do. I mean, right, exactly. This is a team where it's not an embarrassingly ridiculous goal to want to be in the top six. Like, they can certainly – they're capable of doing that. Um, yeah, are there six teams that most people are going to pick to go ahead of them? Yes, but it only takes one injury somewhere or one team not gelling or whatever, or Toronto falling off or Brooklyn not really having it or whatever it is. There, There's enough room where – you can certainly see that happening. So, yeah, I'm I'm leaning over as well. I mean, I firmly lean over. I, w- I will be picking definitively a win total unless something crazy happens with an injury in the next couple of weeks. My my pick will be over 35 and a half wins. Um, I would not bet it at minus 160 because that's just kind of a silly price. Um, yes. I would rather bet it. I would rather bet over 36 and a half at a reasonable price mm-hmm. than – uh, at like minus one ten, which I'm th- I think you can probably find uh, a little bit higher of a total, which is not ideal, but I'd rather do that than lay one sixty. That's just kind of a silly number. So there you go on that. Um, I mean, do you, while I have you, you think they're going to finish eighth? Is that is, is your is your prediction going to be them finishing eighth? Seven. My my, I'm on seven. the record as saying seventh for the Hawks. That's what seventh. I, am. I think they're better than the Pacers. I'm with you. Me too. 
So we're, we're simpatico on that one. Well, I, I, I mean, uh... like I am, I am, um, I hope to be wrong, but I am not optimistic about Victor Oladipo. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, we'll get, we'll get an Indiana momentarily, but, um, yeah, I think the Hawks are more talented than the Pacers. I'm not even sure that's controversial to be honest with you. So they're just built differently and we'll touch on the Pacers later on, but my pick will be the Hawks at seven, most likely unless something changes, but we're both, we're both leaning over. Neither one of us can endorse a minus 160 bet, but if you're, if your local shop has a better number, uh, Godspeed mm-hmm. with my endorsement. Cause if it, if it was 34 and a half, there's some 44 and a half out there, 35 and a half flat juice. I would actually give out a, a play as an over. That's I, I like, I like that. So that's just me. Uh, all right, Robbie, that's, that's enough on the Hawks. We're 20 minutes deep. That'll be the longest one we do on any any, any team for obvious reasons. God, I hope so. Uh, but that, that was planned. You know what we do here. That was planned. No, we were, uh, we were in, doing it. In fact, we'll, we'll give people an option now. I hope, you don't, I, hope you don't, I hope you don't take it, but we're going to go to a break. If you want to log off, feel free. Please subscribe to the podcast. But after the break, we'll come back with more on the win totals from Robbie and I. All right, Robbie, we're back on schedule. Uh, and the next team, alphabetically is the Boston Celtics, and the Celtics already have a uh, very large injury concern, and that is the reason that their number is now 44.5 and juiced to the under. So if you're unfamiliar with this, it's Kemba Walker. Kemba is not right with his knee, and uh, who knows when he'll play, to be honest with you. And while I do have old friend Jeff Teague, who you and I know very well, uh, Jeff might not be very good anymore, and... uh, that's a big loss because, you know, Kemba has weaknesses for sure, but Kemba Walker is still an all-star level player when healthy, and if he's not there, obviously that makes them worse. Um, so their offseason was kind of an interesting thought experiment because they didn't really get better anyway. They were, mm-hmm. They're probably worse on paper even with Kemba than they were last year, at least in my opinion, and then you lose potentially Kemba for a while, and that's how you get to 44 and a half. Yeah. Uh, they went 48 and 24 in the same number of games last year. Um, and, yeah, I mean – as as cop outish as it is, it how many games does Kemba play? Because, um, you know, I I didn't hate their off season, but if you know if Kemba can only play fifty games, um, that's trouble because Teague is still a steady hand, but he's not starting point guard in the league anymore. And if he has to start for you, that's that's trouble, especially because you lost the rest of your depth there. Um, like a sneaky big loss when you have Kemba dealing with this is Brad Wanamaker, um, who's like not especially good, but he is solid. I mean, as Bra- a Brad Wanamaker is very likely better than Jeff Teague, possibly. Which, which sounds which sounds crazy, I understand. And if Jeff finds himself again from a couple of years ago, then I'll be wrong about that. But Jeff Teague from last year, uh, both in Atlanta and previous, is worse than Brad, Brad Wanamaker. Um, if he's not that guy anymore, and he might be. But re- regardless, Wanamaker would have helped them, um, especially mm-hmm. now, without Kemba. And yeah, they have lineups where yeah, you put Marcus Smart at the point and do whatever you want to do, and it's not a big deal. But in terms of just depth, losing Hayward and then also having some Kemba question marks, they're just not the same kind of like arsenal. They still have their core guys. Obviously, Tatum is there, Brown is there, Marcus Smart's there, etc., but um, not the same kind of safety level for me anyway. Like, they're good. I still, they're good. They're a good team. But um, that number at forty four and a half seems a little bit high for all of the uncertainty that they currently have now. Yeah, I, you know, at minus one thirty, I wouldn't bet it. 
Um, but if you can find a, you know, a decent number in that 44 and a half range, like I wouldn't hate the, the, the fear here. And this is something I talk about every year we do this is the Celtics are historically just a slightly overachieving regular season team. Uh, they play hard. They play defense. They're well coached. They're well coached. And they just don't lose those weird games that teams lose focus and lose. Um, so that's the fear. That's why I wouldn't endorse it at minus 130. But I think I would lean slightly under, although, and, and factoring in this, and this is a, um, this is something we'll get to with the next one. But my working theory on the Eastern Conference with win totals is this. Because of the way the schedule shakes out this year, you play three games against Eastern Conference foes and two games against Western Conference foes. You do not have the fourth game against all of your divisional opponents. Yep. Boston, that means they do not get an extra game against the Knicks. That means they do not get an extra game against the Nets, who obviously this year it, it wouldn't matter as much. Um, and so you're, you're talking about Losing a game against some of these worst teams, um, because you also get a fourth game against random Eastern Conference foes, and that means more of, a higher percentage of the schedule is taken up by a Western Conference that, as we talked about uh, yesterday, is stacked. Yeah, and goes at least twelve deep with good teams. And you can talk about 14 teams that legitimately believe they need to win this year. As such, I think I default this year to a lean under, which isn't a surprise. I know it's me. But (laughs) genuinely, I think my thought process is I default on the East to a lean under on teams that I don't believe are going to be at their best. uh, And especially for teams at the very bottom because they do not get as many te- games against other teams from the bottom of the East. Yeah. I, I, I endorse this theory. I, I think that, you know, Boston won 48 games last year. So I get that you, people might be scared to bet the under on them. I totally get that. Um, I think the Kemba thing knocks off a winner two for my projection already. And again, I think they are worse on paper now than they were last year. doesn't mean they have to end the season worse, but you know, no Hayward, uh, all that stuff. They're not as good as they were last year. And unless this is possible, unless Tatum is just, uh, you know, ridiculous, like first team all NBA kind of ridiculous, which is, is in play. I'm not going to project. Sure. It's possible. Hey, that's, that's why, that's why, that's why Jason Tatum 25 to one's on my best bets for the MVP. It's possible. Check it out. It's possible. There's your, there's your hedge. Yeah. Under Celtics, but you hedge on Tatum MVP, <laughs> and and definitely get middled. Um, Yo, so, no doubt, third place. Yeah, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's enough on Boston. Uh, Charlotte's next, which plays into your theory. <laughs> Charlotte, uh, their number is twenty-seven and a half. That is not a lot of wins. Um, sure isn't. At the same time, uh, Charlotte forty-two. Say it again. Twenty-three and forty-two last year. Yeah, they were not good, and also they overachieved. Like they're. Their mm-hmm. point, their point, their point differential was worse than that. Well, they so, had that like hot start to the year where like Devonte Graham was cooking everybody. I think they, they were just like winning games at the. They were like five hundred for a little bit, I think. Yeah. So the Hornets were fourth worst in the league in net rating last year. 
um, and it's still won 23 games. They were worse than that. You know, mm-hmm. they did overhaul the team a bit. Obviously, the Gordon Hayward acquisition, he's going to help them win a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, to counteract Ooh. that, though, uh, LaMelo Ball was, <laughs> LaMelo was Ball would not number... help you win. Yeah, I mean, this is something I say all the time, but LaMelo Ball was my, was my number one prospect. I stand by that. I think it's a great pick for them at three. But if they do this correctly, and I hope that Charlotte does this, they should give him the keys immediately because that's the way to develop a guy like LaMelo Ball is to have him play and do a lot of things. But the the percentage chance that he is a positive player as a rookie is pretty low. It's not impossible, but it's not likely. Um, So that is tough because you're adding Hayward, yes. Mm -hmm. You get some growth from guys like P.J. Washington, um, maybe Miles Bridges. Like The roster is better than it was a year ago. But the combination of Melo and... Maybe some regression for Devontae Graham, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I tend to lean under on the Hornets because they well, just – I think mm-hmm. I think people are going to look at their number from last year and, and and go, oh, man, they got Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball over, and I don't see it that way. Yeah. Uh, again, same thought process here. Minus 130 on the juice. I don't love it. I, You know, I'd rather get a, you know, a decent number there uh, where I'm not laying a bunch on it. But, again, like – they work into my theory. They don't get the extra game against the Hawks, which like obviously the Hawks are better this year. So one, you're factoring in they're pretty firmly the worst team in their division. I think like, you know, behind Orlando, uh, who obviously I don't think Orlando packs as much of a punch this year with Isaac out. Um, Behind Orlando, they're behind Washington with Russ and Beal because Russ just like raises your floor as a team to like competitive every night because that's just who he is. Like he's, you know, I think, I think the, the we'll, we'll get to this later. We'll get to this at the end. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have way more to say about everybody else other than Charlotte. Basically, we can, up, you, we can just wrap up Charlotte under. Under. Uh, under lean though, I wouldn't bet it at minus 130, but if you can get it at like 110, let's have some fun. Yeah. Uh, Maya Culpa, we skipped Brooklyn, and it's because Brooklyn's off the board. Um, yes. So Brooklyn, Sorry. Brooklyn. Um, I realized that as we were talking, Brooklyn's number, the last that I saw it was like 45 and a half. Let me pull um, it up from, from our, our friend Jeff Sherman here, but yes, continue. So as you look, and the reason why Brooklyn is off the board, 45, I, pre- I presume is James Harden-ish stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll assume for purposes of this podcast that they're not going to get James Harden. Um, yeah. if they do, things change. Um, Certainly. but 45 and a, 45 and a half for what they are is a lot of wins. Sure is. It, it's really hard. I mean, Brooklyn, this is not breaking news, but Brooklyn's hard to evaluate because no one knows what Kevin Durant is. If Kevin Durant <laughs> is Kevin Durant, the roster, the roster, it's that, that number's too low. If mm-hmm. Kevin Durant is like, just okay, and they don't have. If a Kevin great... Durant is now is now the Brandon Ingram comp everybody made for. Yeah, Brandon I mean, if, if that's when he the came case, out. But and the thing is, they have a lot of talent on this team. But my my thought on the Nets, especially right now, I, I'm kind of stunned, quite frankly, that they did, that they did not make any trades involving Dinwiddie or Karras, especially because. Yeah. Those guys are good players, but they are very, very overlapping in terms of what they do well with mm-hmm. Kyrie and Kevin Durant. 
like Joe Harris is great to play with Ky- Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Yes. He he just he's a, he's a three and D guy to the max. Um, even even old honestly, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna say this, but even old friend Torian Prince, um, who I don't think is great, uh, he's a better kind of fit with this mm-hmm. team because he can just shoot and he can shoot and I trust him to shoot. Yep. Um, guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert need the ball. Sure and do. They can't have the ball that much on this. They team. cannot. They so cannot. we'll see what happens. I actually think the Nets are gonna make a trade. I'm not sure if it's gonna be well. Hard, yeah, but they're gonna I, I do think. Something. Well, I think, and I think honestly, the Harden thing might have slowed that down a little bit. Probably threw a wrench in any plans they had because you can't trade any of those guys because you, you need them to trade for James Harden if you can. can pull it if off. there's a possibility of getting James Harden, I, well, there's no one else you can get for any of those guys who are James Harden. No. And like we can talk about the well, there's the Bradley Beal stuff, but other than that, I mean, well, okay. But Washington's been pretty firm about, like, not right now. They're not doing it, yeah. You know, Washington's not going to give you Beal yet. We'll see where they're at midseason. Who knows? But, like, they're not trading him yet. As such, if Harden's still out there, like, you don't make that move. So... And they, just, they and, and with that said, they're, they're left with a lot of guys who are good. So it's not like this is a talent issue. Sure. It's, it's just, just a fit and fit who plays not, where. I, the fit is not ideal, like, because obviously Kyrie needs the ball. Uh, I think KD, I mean, charitably, KD doesn't really need the ball. Like, you, he's so good that you want him to have the ball, but he's the kind of guy, he's the very, very, very rare star that really doesn't need the ball that much. Um, We saw saw it in Golden State. Like, he was able to get his without dominating the ball, and he's ridiculously good. It's just a question Mm -hmm. of how healthy he is and all that stuff. I don't know. I I like Brooklyn's (laughs) team. It's well, just, you you also have to, you also have to give DeAndre Jordan his memorial twenty five. Well, yeah, minutes he's he's gonna play too much, and that's part of the. <laughs> I I don't know, and also they have a first time head coach and like a real interesting mixture on that bench of some guys. We got who we've are, got we've got and we've got an NFL coaching situation. Yeah, it's we have very, a CEO head coach. It's very strange. We have offensive coordinator Mike D'Antoni. We have a defensive coordinator Jacques Vaughn. I mean, Mike D'Antoni is like a top ten coach in the league, and he's an assistant on the. Nets. That's correct. So he's that's got, I'm, I'm so excited to see what he does uh, and what they do. I just because, don't know. Like, <laughs> it could be fascinating. But the thing that I keep hearing from them is like, oh, we're you know we're probably gonna play some tempo and that sort of thing. And like, Durant's coming off an Achilles. Can he play tempo? I mean, he probably can, but honestly, here's the like, thing. Is that, he's like, going to sit back-to-backs, I assume, oh, at least, at least early on. Kyrie, They're like, yeah, like, he's not going to. Kyrie's not very durable either. Um, no. So, I don't know. I think this they might be scary good on offense. If they, if everyone's playing, they're going to be They're hard, terrifying. They're going to be hard yeah. to stop. Um, but Especially def- in the regular season. But defensively, they might be bad. Questions. Like, oh, yeah. Like, if, especially because especially like, Durant was always a really good defender. And like that's the thing you worry about him losing. Yeah, he's gonna be able to like the, even the if he can't move, he, he can shoot as a seven he's, footer and like do a, stuff. He, nobody, nobody can defend his jump shot. Like he's fine offensively. He might not have the same burst to get to the rim, but like whatever, he can still be a top ten scorer in the league. Um, my my question yes. to you in follow up of this: uh, Name me mm-hmm. a good defensive player on the on the Brooklyn Nets. Actually, good. Like not not just neutral. Good defender on the on the Nets. I, I think there might be like one and a half. I, I think Jared Allen is like pretty uh, decent. Yeah, I was gonna say Jared Allen, but the problem with Jared Allen is like when he's Jared really Allen skinny. goes up against yep real bigs, and that's why I said one and a half. I think he's like three quarters. He's like three quarters of a good defender, and then the other 
parts. Of oh my like, god, they have they have Jeff Green. Uh, yes, third third string center Jeff Jeff Green. Um, Landry Shamit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke he was Nurkrey. in the. Uh, That's yeah. right. I remember that. But uh, I think sure. their, their best defender is probably Bruce Brown. How many guards do they have? A lot. And, and what are you doing? Right. So that's the thing. Tyler Johnson. This is part of what I was saying in that their best defender might be Bruce Brown, and I'm not sure he's going to play. He can't play. So you have Kyrie, not a good defender. Dinwiddie, How many players are on this Dinwiddie, roster? Not, not a great defender. Karras, not a great defender. Landry Shamit's like okay, but not really great. Joe Harris is like a neutral. He's fine defensively, but not not great. Torian Prince is bad. Uh, KD off an Achilles is probably not going to be great. Um, DeAndre Jordan like used to be good and is not anymore really. So I mean, defensively, I know it's going to sound like we're nitpicking, but he they might be bad, like actually bad. <laughs> so all that to say, I I can't bet a Nets over. Even though no, I don't want to bet anything on that. Me either, but I certainly would not take the over. If you made me choose, I would take the under. But I just, I would not. I don't want to take. Here's the thing: I don't want to take the under because I don't want to be cynical about injuries. Oh no! But honestly, here's the thing: even if, even if KD is healthy, they could still go under because of all the like growing pain stuff that might have to happen and their defense. I understand. I understand that. I'm just saying I wouldn't want to bet it, assuming health. Oh yeah, I'm not um, bad. <laughs> no way, not bad. And yeah, no, I want nothing. Brooklyn is fascinating. I can't wait to see what they do. I don't want to try to predict anything with Brooklyn. Well said. Uh, all right, let's go to Chicago. They are next. Yes, Twenty-nine and a half is their number. The Bulls were a team that I was wrong on last year. They were much worse than I thought. Correct. But in counter to that, the Bulls had a worse record than the Hornets. But the Bulls' net rating was like four points better than the Hornets. So they actually were better than their record. They were not good. They were minus 3.1 still. But this is a team that has a little bit less of a jump to make when you fa- when you factor that in. Also, they, they have a real-life head coach now. Say, now they don't have Jim Boylan, which <laughs> helps. Um, I, I, I'm i pro Bulls. I think 29.5 is like a reasonable number for them. So I'm oh, not terribly great. excited. And they also have some injury stuff too. So Otto Porter... They Awkward's had had an off season, Bubba. Yeah, he's been busy. Um, we'll we'll leave that there. But he, <laughs> they kind of need him, which is unfortunate. Otto, Otto, Otto should go hang out with James. Yeah. Uh, so they have some guys. Uh, sure. I, I like Sadoransky. Obviously, Zach Levine yeah. is still there. Uh, Kobe White came on late. Um, yeah. I still believe in Wendell Carter Jr. And hopefully, hopefully Jim Boylan will not uh, will not will not have ruined him. Jesus Christ! I, I just worry that. 29 and a half is a lot of wins to jump from 22 mm-hmm. where they were last year. But I, I'm inclined to lean over. I would not bet the over, but I'm leaning the over. that long. Yeah. This is the one team in that kind of lower tier of the East that I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to jump. This is not one of the teams that like in my, in my theoretical system, like I'm thrilled about the under, I wish this was a little higher. Um, and part of that is because like, I I'm with you. I think we both had the bulls over last year. Uh, yeah, m- mistakes were made, That's fine. but Hey, look, no, no bets got called. So it didn't matter. Um, they're honestly, they're, they're better on paper now than they were then, mm-hmm. especially when you factor in another year of Cubby white. Um, 
and, and they like, have, they like Garrett a, Temple's around. He's Garrett not Temple's a bad there. To have. No, he can play a little bit. Like Thad um, Young hopefully finds himself again after the Boylan experience is over. You know we love St. Thaddeus. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the Bulls, honestly, I kind of like the Bulls as maybe like a sleeper 10 seed. And maybe a team you don't want to face. Um if you're the nine, or like eight, it would not, it would not surprise me if the Bulls they're, finished they're in the plan. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that the Wizards are. Better I think than they them. should be better than uh, the Hornets. Yeah, I and think that's all they have to do. I think the be than the Hornets. I think the tough. Wizards are better than them. I agree. But if you told me that they were better than Orlando, I would kind of believe you. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not sure I'd pick them over Orlando, but uh, that that's the, that's the group for me. It's mm-hmm. it's them against Orlando for ten. Regardless, uh, I I lean over on Chicago, not not overwhelmingly, but I lean over there. Um, man, the Cavs. Uh, so the the Cavs number is twenty one and a half on bound line. That is that is quite low. Um, they were very bad last season. They had a, they had two coaches. They had a, a, a historically bad defense. They won 19 games. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't do much to change anything either. Nope. Um, so they're betting on internal improvement and the addition of Isaac Okoro. But as much as I love Okoro, he's still a rookie. Rookies are mm-hmm. bad. Um, Darius Garland. Lost, lost not, Tristan Thompson? Yeah, they lost Tristan Thompson, who was like pretty good last year. Uh, granted, they have Drummond for the whole season. And Drummond is like... I think overrated, but he's still a pretty good player. He's not a yeah. bad player. He's um, gonna fill up the stat sheet. And they have he's get, he's get, Hey, he's gonna I tell you what, can I get can I get the Andre Drum what's the Andre Drummond uh to lead lead the league in rebounding? Because that man is going to have ample opportunity with these shooters. Contract year as well for Andre Drummond. Contract year Drummond plus the collection of shooting talent around him, and I wouldn't put it past him to average fifteen a night. Yeah, that's that's in play. I don't know. I mean, the cat the number is so low that it's like hard to give out the under because lowest on the lowest on the board. They have they have some real, they have some guys who can play. Like I okay. think Colin Sexton is flawed, but he was he does some things well. And he's um, gotten better every year. He can, he's... Sco- he, can he, he can score. He has scored in the NBA. I trust that. Um, you know, Kevin Porter <laughs> Jr. is really talented. Uh, Chetty what? is like a fourth forward. It's much better than starting forward, which yeah. is where he is now. Um, Larry uh, Nance, who knows? Kevin Love, like they have some guys I'll, that can play. Who knows if Kevin Porter Jr. is going to – what's going on with him? Yeah. Uh, that's some strangeness. Uh, JaVale McGee now? JaVale and is the backup to Andre Drummond. Yes. Thon, Make, Thon Maker. Um, so, yeah, that was I mean, a signing. 21 and a half, man. That's so low. It is super low, but – Guess I what? I can't endorse it overplay though. I can't. Guess do that. what? Under. I think I actually would lean over, but I, I you would not you would not you would not find me putting money on the on the cash. Plus 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 EV. Let's go. Yeah, under. That's somebody here's the thing. Somebody's gotta lose a bunch of games this year. Yeah, and, and, and they could be they're, they could they're be gonna really play they will not be favored against a team from the West. Maybe uh, OKC. Yeah. I will yeah, I think I mean, they have to play. They I'd be actually play. interested to see what, what what's the number if Cleveland, thirty games against the West Cleveland Cleveland home game against OKC are they favored by like one? I was about to say I was going to say two and a half. Yeah, so well, that tells you all you need to know. That um, might be it, but yeah, so they got. I mean, they got to play twenty eight games against West teams that they might be able to get one or two wins off of. Yeah, they're not like straight up. 
Like that's the problem. And they don't have the games against as many games against the East. Like this is, they are one of the teams that factors into my system. Yeah. And final, final thought quickly on, on Cleveland. Uh, I think the guy who actually ends up swinging that win total is probably Darius Garland. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not a believer. If he, if he figures it out, then they will probably go over because they should give him all he can eat this year to, to try to figure out what they have. But if he's, if he, I mean, he was really bad last year and granted rookie point guard, they're usually bad. So usually. it's not, it's not a death sentence for him, but he, he's got to be okay or they're in some trouble. So there you go. Um, all right. To the, to the Pistons who were, uh, very busy. We should say the Pistons roster. I'm just going to read some guys they have because people don't know who they have. Uh, Killian Hayes, lottery pick. Uh, Derek Rose is on this team still. They have Delon Wright, who I like, and they're buying low on. Um, they have Svee. They have Rodney Magruder. They have Sadiq Bay, rookie from Villanova. They have Josh Jackson, who they went Mace- and paid for. Mason Plumley. Um, Zanin Musa, who they traded for from Brooklyn. Uh, they have an entirely new roster. And then they have, and then they have, by the way, Blake Griffin and Jeremy sure and Jeremy Grant making twenty million a year. Um, and Sekou Ndboya, a recent first-round pick who's buried. Um, so I don't know what to make of the Pistons. I think mm-hmm. if they were actually just trying to win, like, mm-hmm. as hard as they possibly could, I would lean over because their win total is 23 and a half. It's super low. And if, like, Derrick Rose um, is not my favorite person, but Derrick Rose has been pretty good the last couple sure. years. Um Blake Griffin, we don't know health-wise, but if he can move at all, he's a good player still. Uh, mm. Jeremy Grant is not worth $20 million a year, but he's a good player. So I would lean over if they mm. were going to do that. I, I, If I'm a Pistons fan, I am rooting for them to give the ball to Killian Hayes and try to see what he has and go young and lead on the rookies and the young guys. And if they do that, it's under. I agree. Uh, but I think I, I would go over. I th- I don't. Think I'm leaning over as well. To, yeah, I don't think they're gonna. And like of that tier that we talked about at the bottom, um, I think they're closer to Chicago, who has a six-win difference. I mean, they them. have better. They have better. It, we all know this, but it comes down to Blake. If Blake is well, like, yeah. if Blake is even seventy-five percent of himself from two years ago. He's too, he's good enough where like he dragged them to five hundred. That's what I mean. Like, like he, you can't expect that to really happen good. again. But Blake Griffin, he's even really hobbled, good. is good at basketball. That's and it's not, it's so, not, and it's not like Blake. It's like old school Blake where it was just all athleticism. And in his last iteration, he, is, he was not a high flyer anymore. No, he has craft. He's just crafty man has and moves. skilled, and he's a passer. And well, all this and stuff. the thing is, they were not good last year, and they won twenty games in sixty six. So you add six more games, that picks up two right there. You're at 22. And they were also a team that underperformed their point differential. Right. Um, so I, I actually, again, I, I, th- I actually, I, I would endorse the over actually on Detroit. I think yeah. they can get 24. I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, take it. Callen's giving it out. I mean, I, I, I think that's rubber stamp. That makes some sense, especially if all I need, all I need to know is, is Blake playing the opener? If Blake is playing the opener, I'm with you. Uh, there you go. Yeah, same. You can't beg on health for him all season long. That's silly. But if he's if he's healthy on opening night, give me the over on the Pistons. Uh, 
Give it to me. Um. All right. The Pacers. Gotta are... give, I got. I got to give us some winners on here. That's fine. I'm tired, we, I'm tired of this it. passing stuff. I know. I know. Here's I know another. Here's another winner. I know what I'm doing here. Uh, Indiana. Oh, Indiana. The total is 39 and a half. Steep. Uh, that's a lot. Um, I will say the the, the Pacers. Last the Pacers won a lot of games last year. I'm not gonna tell we you they do didn't. this every year. But hold on, the however, Pacers also had however, a point differential of plus one point nine. Mm-hmm. That is obviously better than 500. But over an 82 game season, that that's like a 44, 45 win point differential, something like that. Yeah. And they won 45 and 73. Correct. So they played at a 51 pace last year. They're not that good. Nope. Um, also, other teams in these got better. And the same thing about playing a bunch of good West teams. They don't get to pick on Detroit and Chicago and Cleveland. For, also, also, and, Jeremy, also Jeremy, Lamb, Jeremy Lamb is hurt. Jeremy Lamb is hurt, who is a solid basketball player. They also got, uh, they also got a career years out of Malcolm Brogdon and Demonis Sabonis last year. And like um, I love you, you know I I wanted Sabonis on the Hawks. I, I love both. The, I love you know, I love, you know where those, I was. At. I love both those guys, but they they both had careers. All all I'm saying is they both had careers last year. They sure did. Um, Old Depot is the swing. And, Obviously, if Old if Old Depot's the guy he was three years ago, then over is the play. Well, and here's the thing for me. Oladipo takes the ball out of Brogdon's hands. Correct. Brogdon's a better basketball player than Victor Oladipo. I think Oladipo makes them makes them. He it, makes them worse. He probably makes them worse. I, I will say it. Well, he does, especially if he's the guy he was at the end. So when he played last year, he was bad. He was bad. Like he was, and he chucks, and like because he still thinks he's that guy, and you can tell that by the fact that he tried to request a trade, uh, like he's a guy that anybody wanted to go get right now. And like, look, I here's the thing. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I don't want to see guys suffer an injury like that, and those quad ruptures can be debilitating. Like that was what sent you know Barkley basically out for his career. Like that was the beginning of the end for Chuck. And so you have an injury like that, and it's hard to come back from. And the Pacers are actually the best place for him to have a chance to recoup his value because they still are going to believe in him enough to let him run the show, even though he shouldn't at this point. Um, but like, if he has a chance to recoup that value, it's going to be in Indiana. So like, I thought the trade request was, he needs somebody around him to say, people don't see you like you see you right now. Like he needed someone in his camp to be like, dude, you're not, nobody sees you as an all-star right now. They just don't. Miami was not going to give up 2021 cap room for Victor Oladipo. Oh, if, if they were, they would have They were not going to do it. They would have him if they did. Right. They I weren't going to do it. And like Victor I Oladipo, this, I mean, you know this too, but for people that don't know this, Victor Oladipo is extremely available and did not have a market, really. No. And that's, Nobody was – and that's the thing. Because Indiana would have traded him probably for – Very know, little. A, not a lot. Because like, you know he's a guy that didn't want to be there. You have to get something like they're not, they were going to they were going to give him sure. away or he wouldn't be there. But like people were talking about him for the Hawks, for instance, and I think it would have been like one of the young guys for Old Depot would have got it done, and they didn't do that, obviously. So I don't know. It's I don't want to derail the whole conversation about him. It's just the fact that. But oh, that's the entire story for Indiana. It kind of is. I mean, they, they have it's so much of to their credit. I'm, 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 I've been wrong on them before. Yeah. Um, I will say this: 
it's probably good for the under that Nate McMillan's not there anymore. Agree. He got a ton out of that team and he got them to buy in on stuff. And like their issue is the playoffs. But part of the problem was they overachieved in the regular season. And so like when you get to the playoffs, it's hard to overachieve in the playoffs. Like it's really difficult. Like Miami did it last year, but it's really hard to do that. Especially Um, in a non-bubble setting. In a non-bubble setting. And when you don't have an insane human being like Jimmy Butler, who is more valuable in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. If you want to read my best and worst MVP column, you can find out why betting him at 20 to one is the worst thing you could do with your, but you'd be better off betting the over on the Pacers than betting Jimmy Butler 20 to one to win MVP. I, I would the man agree. averages 26 and six. I like, would, uh, I would agree with what that. are you doing? Um, why? Anyway. You know what? Miami's next. So let's just do Miami now. Let's uh, just steer in Indiana under. We both like that and endorse it. Yes. To Miami. Uh, let's go Miami. The number is 43 and a half. Mm-hmm. I will say off the top. I like the under on Miami. Now, yes. uh, I like the Indiana under more. I'll say Correct. that. Miami is a team that this number, honestly, I was surprised how low it was. I was right. Per- I was I, hoping it was, I, I, I was, was hoping prepared it was to unload on Miami's under um, because I thought it might get out of control after the playoffs, which it would have been understandable. But Miami on paper right now is worse than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have Jay Crowder anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one. Play some with anybody. Yeah, they. I mean, they brought in Mo Harkless, and Mo Harkless is I like fine. Mo Harkless, fine. Um, but he's not as good as what they got out of uh, what they got out of Crowder. Right. Well, uh, the, Jimmy. Yeah, that's the Jimmy in the playoffs is not the guy that he is in the regular season. Um, I guess the the counter argument to that would be that I've made fun of this a little bit, but you can't expect Tyler Hero to be a little better. Um, he's a rookie going rookie to sophomore. I think he's overrated pretty significantly mm-hmm. right now but he's still he's still a good good young, good young guy to have Duncan Robinson same thing Your but son. my my issue with Miami and why I don't love them other than just their metrics did not align for them to be as good as people thought they were is point guard so last yeah, year Kendrick Nunn's not gonna be the same guy yeah Kendrick Nunn uh I'm not a believer and then mm-hmm. Goran Dragic is 35 and was awesome in the playoffs but you can't buy that full time. So it, it, it scares me to go under on Miami because they are so well coached and that culture yep. is real and all that stuff. Yep. Um, and that's why I won't tell you that I'm, I would bet it, but that's, I would not, I would certainly lean under. I cannot give you the over on Miami. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that minus one thirty on the under again, that scares me off of it a touch more, but they had the same point differential. Like they were plus 2.7. That's not, spectacular if they they do that again it's probably coming under so Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll see i I, we could talk about them forever it's a team that we all talked about for a lot in the playoffs and they have kind of a similar team we'll see yeah i mean uh, i'm with you the point guard spot is the uh the big question because like you said like jimmy handled the ball a lot in the playoffs and they cannot have jimmy do that again for the whole season like that's not, and he, and he doesn't do it. And like, here's the thing. This tells you everything you need to know. Kendrick Nunn was like runner or second runner up to rookie of the year and did not play in the playoffs. Cause he just was, did not play not very good. Cause he's not very good. <laughs> and so what you end up having is a situation where now you kind of have to go back to relying on him heavily. And one by not playing him in the playoffs, you kind of told him, we don't believe in you. 
Right? Like, you kind of had to do that, and you had to because it was the right move to make. But now you're going to have to go back to asking him to do a lot. Dragic coming off the plantar fascia thing, and that can always linger, and, like, hopefully it doesn't. But, like, he's not going to be able to go at the same level, I don't think, that he did in the bubble. Um, Yeah, I I just – I'm with you. I think they take a little step back, and and I I do like the under – but minus 130, it's not as fun. No, and I would still pick them to win, I don't know, 41 sure. games, 42 games. So it's not like it's a, like a huge under, but under for me. Uh, the next one is Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple of years I've been uh, a, an over on Milwaukee. I think Bud, regular season coach, is excellent. With that said, this number is 50 and a half. The number, that's the highest number in the entire league. And um, do the Bucks? understand now maybe that they can't or shouldn't go crazy in the in the regular season also no. they don't have the depth anymore um so no they don't they that's the thing about milwaukee like yes they still have Giannis. yes they still have brooke lopez and chris middleton and now they have drew holiday so you would think that they're better but on paper in the regular season they are worse than they were a year ago depth wise especially like they only have seven or eight guys Whereas they were routinely playing eleven last year and doing so like reasonably in the playoff in the regular season, I should say. So I think in the playoffs you could certainly argue that they're that they're in better shape now with Drew than they were before. But in the regular season, I, I don't think that's the case. Sure. And 50, 50 and a half is a lot. I mean, I know they I know they went over by a lot last year and they they've been awesome in the regular season the last two years. And that's why I wouldn't bet the under, but I, I can't I can't tell you to get, take the over. It's just that's I, a lot. I can. I I knew you were going to do that too. I knew it. I can. Just is it literally, is it literally yeah. just have button, you, just button Giannis and that's it? How about this? How about Call this? Let me ask you a question. Let me. Ask you you asked have they learned? They should have the number one. I'll, I'll say this. They sh- they should have the highest win total in the league. They yeah. should and they do. I'll ask you this. I pose a question to you, Bradley. Uh oh. When was the last time Bud learned a lesson? Um, and put it into practice. Boy, I almost said something on an crazy. NBA basketball court. Uh, it doesn't. He doesn't do that very well. Doesn't register. No, he's gonna do the same thing. We'll find out in the playoffs. But he's gonna do the same thing. And it's not like they play their guys a ton. It's not like he runs them into the ground the regular season. No, they they just plays like thirty three minutes. They have less depth now. Well, they have slightly less depth, but they still are really good. And like, okay, but yeah, they are really good. But they're like they went from guys who were like proven NBA players to like maybe playing guys like Thanasis and like Jordan Wara and my favorite Tor- Travion Grant, who I love. Um, they, they just they have some guys like I mean, DJ like, Oxen's going to help them in the regular look, season. Look, you you got you got DJ Oxen, you got Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes is kind of bad. You still have, I mean, yeah, but he can he, shoot. That's he can shoot. It. He's like, he's kind of, he's kind of like poor man Patty. Moose, oh, here's though. my other, here's my, other, here's my other thing that I want to point out. Are we sure? Dante Craig? Did, are we sure that why Dante is good? He's a good defender. But like starting shooting guard with a capital S that we're, we're, we're all cool with that, huh? I mean, okay. That's all I'm asking. I mean, you know, it's that's fine. It's not perfect, but yeah, here's the thing again. I think his issues are not regular season issues. Yeah, I I just people have not I think kind of caught up to the fact that they like desperately need him to be good. 
Like they are relying on him. In a they way rely they on him and, and Pat Connaughton. You know, Tory Craig will will bring some stuff. Their defense will be really good again. Um, yes, they will be good on defense. Uh, although they have Haw- Hawk legend Jalen Adams. Can we talk about why Nick they, Stauskas they signed? Why for reasons unbeknownst to me? I still believe. Um, why did they sign Bobby Portis for more than the minimum? Why did that happen? Uh, cause they needed somebody that can score off the bench. I mean, I, I guess. I'm like, Bob Porter can score off the bench. He's not good, he but like he can score off the bench. Believe it. Okay. Anyway, Milwaukee, we no, have, we, have, a we, have a, we have, we have a, uh, a divided household on Milwaukee. Give me the over. Give me the under. Over. Bobby has the over. It's Bud, it's Giannis. It's fine. Over. They're going 52. It might, it might do that. I will not. I will not be surprised. 52 and 20. Send it in. Moving on to a much more fun team to discuss, the New York Knicks. Woo! Under. Yeah, 22 and a half is a low Under. number, but the Knicks the are Knicks bad. Des- the Knicks deserve lower. Uh, Under. I think, I think and personally. And they got worse. I was going to say, I think personally the Knicks are the worst team in the league on paper. I think it, I think it could. I mean, they got worse. They let like, now, all of their – yeah. The, like veterans left. The the only Wisely. way I think the Thunder could be worse because the Thunder might just ship everybody out and they might sure. just like completely bottom out. But the Knicks, as constructed right now today, have the roster that I think is the worst in the league. Yes. Um, their best player is Mitchell Robinson. Mm-hmm. I think. I like Nerlens, but not I mean, on the Knicks. Julius Randle can still score and do stuff, but they have Obi Toppin and Julius Randle. Um, that's a curious Spider-Man meme pairing. Um, I like New Orleans too, uh, but their perimeter guys, they didn't, I mean, they got a little bit of shooting. They went and got, um, Alec Burst could kind of shoot a little bit. Austin Rivers kind of shoot a little bit, but they still don't have enough shooting on this team. You have guys like Alfred Payton, who I like, Mm -hmm. but isn't a good fit with RJ Barrett at all. Uh, RJ Barrett is not a guy that I think is gonna be very good this year. Kevin Knox is still a big part of this team. Gross. Uh, The Hawk legend of Mari Spellman probably getting cut but yeah he's there for now but regardless i, I mean the they, knicks, tra- they drafted emmanuel quickly who's not gonna help you no to to their credit the knicks did not ruin their future this offseason no. so that that's a positive step for the knicks but they got worse but yeah they're they're not gonna be good they're gonna be they bad. got worse like um we just talked about bobby portis who was one of their best players last year the knicks last season went 21 and 45 mm-hmm. but they had a minus six and a half point differential so they were worse on paper um than the pistons like by a lot they were way worse than the bulls they're worse than the timberwolves teams official with better records than them um so yeah i think the knicks are just going to be bad at a certain point you have to have high level talent and the knicks just don't have any no i mean like they were awful once marcus morris left and there's a way that they're not this bad if like RJ pops, but I don't know. Nope. I don't think that's going to happen. RJ can't pop with this roster around them. Right. It's a very bad setup for him. Uh, it's just not built very well right now. That's all right. That's all right. They'll sign some more CAA guys next year. I mean, t- today as we, what are we doing? T- Did they sign they James s- Young? T- today they signed James Young and Scalabissier. Both of which James, went to Kentucky. James, both went to Kentucky. James Young, Maybe the worst lottery pick in recent memory? I or mean, top 20 pick in Knicks, recent memory? The Knicks roster is awesome. essentially CAA guys and Kentucky guys, and that's it. So, Go Cavs. I mean, they signed 
MKG, who I like, but Kentucky Nerds. guy, Nerlens Noel. Quickly. Kentucky guy. They have Julius. It's, it's Kevin amazing. Knox. It, it really is amazing. Um, under. They are so stereotypical. Under anyway. On the, under on the Knicks. How much money do they try to throw at Cal next year? Oh, I hope all of it. That'd be great. I would really enjoy that. Because you know that's what they're going to try. They will certainly try it. Okay. At what point do we get the rumor about Cal? Um, April? When, whenever he whenever he decides to leak it to get more money from Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, with uh, his, with like, by the way, by the way, lifetime shouts, to Cal, sh- shouts to Cal showing up on the draft show with a better camera than ESPN had in their studio. Cal has a lifetime contract. He sure does. So, let's bump let's bump the annual number up a little bit fellas it's truly amazing um leon, leon rose made a phone call oh man uh all right let's go to orlando orlando 31 and a half the magic last season won 33 games in a 73 game season uh the magic are essentially the same team again which is just, they'll just never change but they, <laughs> but but they lose jonathan isaac for the season which that's the biggest thing here mm-hmm. so they bring back Markel Fultz, who was improving. They bring in Cole Anthony. Evan Fournier is back. Terrence Ross is back. Aaron Gordon's back. Vooch is back. This is the same team. They're basically swapping in Chumo Kiki, uh, who is not healthy, thankfully, for hey, Jonathan Isaac. So Isaac is really good defensively, like scary good defensively. Um, everything else on this team is the same. Their offense does not project to be very good. They brought in Dwayne Bacon to help that. I don't know if that's going to help that. I, really help Charlotte. I think I would lean under on Orlando, but it scares me because Steve Clifford is good at his job. He's very good. At and his they job. are and they usually have, a little bit better than they should be. <laughs> They've bitten me before, but I'm going to go back to the well and take the Orlando under. Yeah, I can't. I because Out of respect for Steve Clifford, I will not give give it out as a full play, but I lean under. I'll, end, I'll, I'll fully endorse it because this is my brand now, That's which fine. is to give out the magic under every year. And for Steve Clifford to just bludgeon me in the knees with his defense. Steve is a good coach. He's excellent. He is excellent. And I'm still going to take the under. Again, <laughs> same principle. They have to play way more West teams. Come on. All right. Well, there you go. Well said. Short and sweet. Uh, to the Sixers. Philly won 44 last year in a 72-game season. And guess what, Robbie? Their number is 43 and a half. They won 43 juice, last year. Juice to the over. 43 last year. Oh, 43. Who, who, oh, I was, I was 43 and 30. You were looking at uh, looking at the Jets. Miami. Oh, Jets. Sure. Um, yeah, so 43 and 30. That's, yeah. They're better on paper because they make more sense now without. They sure do. They sure do. Without old friend Al Holford playing power forward for yeah. reasons. Daryl um, came. I, I would have loved to have seen Daryl's. I wanted I want to know what Daryl's first meeting with Elton Brand was because I have to imagine it led with what the hell were you doing? Uh, dating dating back to the moment that, that they traded two first rounds for Tobias Harris at the deadline the previous year because he undid a lot with very swiftly. Yeah, so they you know they without going through the entire thing sure. they have Simmons and Embiid mm-hmm. they have. Tobias Harris Tobias. Making, making all the money in the world. Um, Danny Green is now there. <laughs> you know what? Good for Tobias. Yeah, good for him. Uh, they have Danny Green and Matisse Tybel on the wing. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry. They bring in Seth Curry to finally have a shooter on the team. Um, they draft a couple guys that we like. Tyrese Maxey, Isaiah Joe, Paul Reed. Um, and then, of course, they have like Shake Milton. 
the famed Isaiah, the famed Isaiah Joe promise for some reason. Yeah. For some reason they signed Dwight Howard, but it was the minimum. So whatever. Um, and Tony Bradley's there as well. I I worry about, I'm kidding. I'm kind of kidding about this, but why would you sign Dwight Howard when you have Joel Embiid? Like those guys cannot possibly, that can't be the best for Joel Embiid to have Dwight Howard around. I'm sorry. That's not a good idea. Regardless. Uh, Philly's roster makes me want to take the over, mm-hmm. but there is some real uncertainty because you have guys who haven't been there before. Uh, Danny Green um, was shaky-ish at times last year. Yeah, He's, but there was some like health stuff, like calf or. I think he or will. I, you know that that trade made sense for all parties. I think he will help them a lot more than Al Horford would have. I think Al Horford is better than Danny Green. Well, yeah, 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 but he will help them a lot more than Al Horford would have. Yeah, yes. Um, and then you have Tybal with another year under his belt. He should improve. No, I love Matisse. And and Kurt, and Seth Curry is just such a great fit with Ben Simmons. Like, oh, it's it's gorgeous. They I need that it. to happen. So, I, I, and also they have all the guys in the world to hide Seth's defensive deficiencies. Right. You put him next to you put him between Simmons and Tybal and you know, or Danny Green, yeah. who's still a good defender. I. But online He's has, not great. But online has a number at forty three and a half with ju- <laughs> minus one forty five. Yeah, minus one forty five in the over. That's a lot of juice. That's I, 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 I lean under on Philly. I'm sorry, I lean over on Philly, um, but not at that much juice. No thanks. I would give out the over if it was just a normal number. Yeah, I think Philly's going to be good. I believe in them. I think last year got super weird. And by mm-hmm. the way, even with them getting super weird last year, everybody hated them. They won 43 games. 43 wins. So over. Yeah. I would, I, you know what? We'll go back. We said this earlier with the Hawks. I would be more comfortable with over 44 and a half at a regular number than 43 and a half at minus 145. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, all right. The next one is Toronto. Toronto's a weird one. So mm-hmm. 43 and a half is their number as well. <laughs> um, Toronto last it was season, fifty-three. Yeah, they were great. What are we year. doing? Well, here's the here's the here's what I'll tell you. I, they okay. they overachieved their their point differential last year in terms of wins. That's that's one thing. And, um, they lose, of course, the two big guys. They lose Gasol and Ibaka. Now, I am extremely pro. You're pro Alex Len. Alex Len and think, Aaron Baines is good. Uh, yeah, I think Alex Len is much better than people understand than he is. Um, he's a backup center, but he's still not nothing. They have Chris Boucher back as well. And more than anything, they bring back Fred and they have Nick Nurse. Like, I understand if the number was a little bit higher that it would be scary. I am going to pick Toronto over because I just trust the guys that they still have and the coaching staff. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is my favorite bet of the Eastern Conference. Wow, that's that's a full that's a I'm going to say full endorse over 43 and a half. Look, their questions for me are almost entirely postseason based. Well, yeah, people, which people, is people got really spooked about 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 Siakam in the playoffs because he he was terrible. He was he was awful in the playoffs. But guess what? It's not the playoffs. Okay, Siakam has all of the problems Giannis has in the playoffs without being as good as Giannis. However, he's still an all star. Okay. Like yes, full stop. All star. Um, even if he is 
slightly worse than his regular season self where there was brief, like maybe he can be MVP type guy. Like if he's just who he was towards the second half of the season or whatever, like they went 46. Like I, I, I don't, I know they're playing in Tampa for the first half and, and there's some weirdness and I know they lost Ibaka and I know they lost Gasol, but Aaron Baines is good. Like full stop. Good. Um, there are, I, the obvious questions for me are when you play Baines and you play Len, you get much less versatile on defense. So they can't do as much of the weird zone stuff that they love. Um, but you have Boucher to do that. You have Boucher um, and you, you can even play Pascal at center. Like they did a little bit. In the right. You, and you, you know, you still have norm and you still have Kyle Lowry who is, you know, great. And what, and what do I say every year that we do this? Regular season teams that play hard, overs. They they do that. They play hard. They're well coached. They're talented. They have vets. they play defense. Um, they have a, a ro- they have a roster that makes sense, and they know what to do with it. And they, have they the, know- and they have the under memory. So there you go. Hey, there you go. Hawk legend. Uh, full throw <laughs> full throw endorsement over forty three and a half, especially because there's no juice. There you go. You're here for also, first from also, no one watches the Raptors, so no one bets them. That is probably a good theory, I think. It's the opposite of the, uh, for, for years and years and years, everyone just blindly bet the Lakers under before LeBron got there because it was always four wins too high because everyone bets the Lakers. Yeah. Um, not anymore because LeBron is good. But, yeah, that's, that's the opposite of that. Uh, one more team to go, Robbie. Oh. It is the Washington professional basketball some team. Uh, I will say this number I'm is higher low. on the Wizards. This, this, I'm higher on the Wizards than many. This number I was is, say, this number is lower than I thought it was going to be. It is 31 and a half. Mm. And uh, I am not the biggest Russell Westbrook guy at this point. Uh, I think I wouldn't want him on my team at the number that he's making. Um, in fact, I know I wouldn't. But for a team that is trying to win very mm. clearly right now, wanting to make the playoffs is Washington's goal. Mm. They had Bradley Beal. Uh, Russ, you know, Russ could help them. And to be charitable, this is the kind of team on offense. I say it again on offense that could make Russ look a little bit better than he would other places because they have shooting. They yeah. have guys who can shoot. All Beal over the place. and Bertans and even Thomas, really, even even, you know. even Thomas Bryant, like Thomas guys Bryant. like that. Can, can, Mo Wagner, if they want to go there, like they have got Anthony Gill, who they signed really. Um, you know. They have guys who can shoot. So yes. I, I don't love Washington's overall plan of their franchise. No. But as a team, they'll be pretty good on offense. I'm pretty confident. Yes. It's just that they might, again, be historically bad on defense. Like, they, they were legendarily bad last season, and I'm not sure they're better. Their, their, their roster in the front court is hysterical well, defensively. It's just – Honestly, the entire team, like of all the guys who are in the rotation for the Wizards, the only guys who have a chance to be average defensively are Troy Brown and Robin Lopez. That's it. Like like Russell Westbrook, bad. Bradley Beal was terrible last year. Shouldn't be as bad as that again, but won't be good. Mm -hmm. Um, Denny's a rookie. Rui's pretty bad. 
Dallas Bertans is bad. Ish Tom- Smith's Thomas bad. Bryant's bad. Ish Smith's bad. On defense, again, it's all defense only. All, this is it. They Denny's have, they have be... a lot of offensive talent on this team, bad. a lot of shooting. But this is a team, like we said, to bring things full circle from the beginning of the podcast, you brought this up, that they are similar to the Hawks, except the Hawks have more talent than they do. Correct. On both ends of the floor. Correct. Um, the, di- the difference is, like, I've heard people picking the Wizards to be, to be better than the Hawks, and I think Wrong. It's, I think it, I agree with that. It's not it's not correct. I have the Hawks pretty comfortably better than the Wizards. I think it comes from the fact that they have two stars. Yeah. And that just, you know, people like teams that have two stars. I just think Russell Westbrook is not Russell Westbrook in that sentence anymore. Um, but the theory of them is basically just we're going to outscore you and they're going to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely over on the wizards on the, at this number. Yeah, I agree. Um, and like I said earlier, like Russell Westbrook is maybe not a guy who you want on a team that wants to compete for a championship, but Russell Westbrook raises your floor as a mediocre team. Like he absolutely does, especially if you surround him with shooting, and that's that's the one thing that's that you have to have with him because he just cannot shoot right. anymore. People have like but, not noticed that, but Russ used to be able to like confidently shoot pull up mid rangers if nothing else. Russ can't shoot, man. It's gone. Well, and this was something that I posited early in his career was going to be an issue because he's such a high jumper on his jump shot, and if that becomes slightly more inconsistent as far as his, like his thing is he doesn't release the ball at the same point. Like you watch the great shooters. They all jump the same height every time. And Russ jumps so high that like, I think that's come down a little bit and it flattens his shot out. I mean, he shot 26% from three. It's not good last season. And I'm looking at it now. Yeah. From long two, he shot 40%. That's and actually higher than I thought. Forty percent on mid. Yeah, it's not. It's not like unforgivably bad. But bad, when though. you combine it with the fact that he, you don't, have, you don't have to guard him from three anymore. Like when mm-hmm. he was at his apex, he was shooting low thirties from three. Mm-hmm. But low thirties and twenty five point eight are very just, different. They're very different. Very different. And free throw shooting has gotten worse for him as well. Like he used to like live at the line, and mm-hmm. it would work for him. And the last three seasons, he's down in like the low seventies, whereas before that, he was in the like mid eighties, and that's that's another big difference. It's a tough scene. So, and then defensively, he's 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 bad. I know he's a good athlete, but he's a bad defender. So, well, and so something that's going to be hilarious is like Russ's entire the only thing he gives you defensively is steals, and it's because he gambles and he jumps stuff and he does that. And so he he has a bit of a reputation because he's always near the top of the steal list. And in Houston, they played to that strength because that was all they did. They were like, okay, we're going to run around, we're going to switch everything, we're going to jump passing lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's still he's still athletic and strong and. Uh, Washington is nobody behind to clean up a mess. No, I mean they and they Russ need is going. To play... Russ creates messes by jumping out of position. Well, yeah, the the, the Rockets built their offense. The reason, well, one of the reasons, it was about money, and it was about trading Clint Capella was about money, and it was about opening the lineup for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Wizards have two choices. They can either play Thomas Bryant, who can shoot, but can't defend, or you can play Robin Lopez, who can't shoot, and will be in the way on offense, but he's a better defender. 
and even he, one of those he, are he, not great. I will say this: he will try the shoot corner threes. I mean, he's a he's willing. He got a little better last year. Yes, but not he does his little like tea celebration. It's cute. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The Wizards, I think that... I lean ha- over. I think having Russ on the team, compared to what you didn't know about John Wall, raises their floor considerably. Yeah, no, I mean like... And then Bradley Beal's really good, man. Like Bradley, Bradley Beal is awesome. a top 20 guy in the league. He's awesome good. Guy. Awesome, um, awesome basketball player. Um, yeah, so like, Bertans can shoot the hell out of the basketball. Um, maybe they'll maybe they'll fun. find some defense between Trey Brown and like mm-hmm. Isaac Bonga. Maybe they can find some Isaac. Isaac, sorry, um, some defense like just a, just a little, like just just, just a, a little sprinkling of defense. Just a, just a t- <laughs> what about your boy Jerome? I mean, they truly offend maybe me. Maybe your least, maybe your least favorite lottery pick. Oh, not even, not not maybe that was the worst. That was that was not even <laughs> least favorite. That was the worst lottery pick I have ever covered. In the NBA draft, people people like we're talking about Jalen Smith this year. Like (laughs) Jerome Robinson was a much worse pick than Jalen Smith, and that worked out the way that it was supposed to work out. So (laughs) I had Jalen Smith in the uh, sorry I had I had Jalen Smith in the twenties. Like that wasn't like it was not a good pick, but I had Jerome Robinson in the second round pick, and he went (laughs) and he went in the lottery. So anyway, uh, the Wizards are going to score a lot of points. Just a slight. I don't. I wouldn't hammer it. It's not as strong as my Raptors. No, but honestly, I think just broadly speaking, I think the Wizards. Are, the Wizards. I am going to pick them to finish, to finish ninth in the East. So that my order is going to be the 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 sixth, then the Hawks, then the Pacers, and then for me, it's the Wizards ninth. So, I agree. Through that lens, I, I think that's an over. I think I'd have him for like thirty-four wins, thirty-five wins, maybe. That's like thirty-three to thirty-five is a fair range. So, so I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, buddy. Wizards. That's a solid over. Uh, all right. So, like to recap, favorite bets for me. I know we did this last time, uh, and I didn't. I didn't have many in the West, but yeah, I, there, I got some. I got some feels here. Uh, lock of the century of the season. <laughs> Raptors over forty-three and a half. Uh, I would I would wholeheartedly endorse Wizards over. Uh, Knicks under. Full endorsement. Yeah. Um, Heat under if it wasn't minus one thirty. Uh, Pacers under is a full endorsement. I know that's your favorite. Yeah, Pacers under. Uh, Pistons over twenty three. I would actually endorse. And uh, at, at EV, I like Cavs under 21 and a half. Oh, yeah. and Charlotte. Uh, well, yeah, the Charlotte under was juiced. So I think Didn't my, honestly, I, I know you said in the end, I think my favorite over is probably a conditional one. And like I said before, if Blake Griffin is healthy on opening night, like if you know that morning, the number's still available and Blake Griffin is upright. Yes. Pistons, under, P- Pistons over is my, is my favorite bet. Yeah, Pistons. Um, Pistons. Piston, look at the look at the optimism here. Beyond that, though, uh, Indiana under, so I'll be less yes. optimistic there. That'll yeah. be my next one, and then uh, what's my third best play? Maybe the Wizards, maybe the Hawks. One of those two over. The the Hawks number is just the number is just one sixty. Like I just I'm furious. Just find, a... just move the, just move it. I'm a. We need a DM, Dave. Somebody call Dave Mason. Where's Dave Mason? Move the move the damn number. Yeah, so just on principle, I 
know. But yes, agree. If it was if it was thirty six and a half, I would like that too. Yeah, same on same on Charlotte. The other thing, the other the other under that I like is Charlotte. I, I think mm-hmm. Charlotte under twenty seven and a half is a play that I I really really like. I I the Knicks under twenty two I think is is I, strong. That number's just so low, but yeah, I don't feels care. That's like fine. I don't no, care. They're gonna be bad. They are the worst team in the NBA. Um, before I let you go, yeah, please. I know you've looked at this a little bit. Do you have a, a favorite title bet? <sighs> t- 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 let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Um, there's a whole you you already plugged it, but there's a whole MVP column that you wrote, so that's already I up. did write an MVP column. That's in print. You can go find that on Dime. Um, you know what I don't like? Can I get a no on the Brooklyn Nets plus six fifty? Was what would be the no there? Can I get the no like minus eleven hundred? Say minus ten fifty, something like that would be the number there. No on the Nets. I'll take that. Um, do do. Do um, I'm a I'm a fall for it. How about how about the Sixers twenty to one is kind of a long shot sprinkle. Uh, that is not preposterous. If you if if they get it together, they could win the East for sure. Uh, I like that better than Celtics sixteen to one or and or and especially the the Nets six fifty. Uh, Sixers twenty to one would be my little long shot sprinkle. I think we agree on the long shot bet. Um, of the favorites, I like the Clippers. Six fifty. I think that's yeah. It's not incredible. Like- it's not incredible value, but I like that value more than the Lakers, the Bucks, and the Nets where they are. So, give me the Clippers as my like favorite square would, bet, and then give would, me the Sixers. As I would well. agree. Yeah, Sixers. Sixers at twenty to one is like, kind of a. Fun I will little, say. Um, I will say I'm this. I, I am. I am. This is might. I might look stupid. I would much rather have a Sixers ticket than a Miami Heat ticket 18 to 1. Like that's just mm-hmm. maybe it's just my old thing, but I, I that's my least favorite bet I think on the whole board. Is my either Miami at 18 mm-hmm. or Dallas at 20. Like that's that's well that's and here's my thing about Miami. And I think we saw this and I know I know Bam and Goran weren't at full strength and, and missed some time. But like I just like Why is I, I just forty to one. I mean, I know Harden, but like, there's no way that Houston's gonna like buy at the deadline. No, 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 uh, no way. No, can I get the no? That's an awful bet. Minus a million. Sorry. Um. No, you're right. Uh. Yeah. Also, uh, Sixers plus uh Sixers nine to one to win the East. If we're tickling the twine a little bit with the, with the, like they're behind Miami, Brooklyn and Boston. I'm always fascinated to see this and we're we'll, I'll let you out of here. This is a there's some really interesting like weird numbers at the bottom of this of teams that are never going to win the championship. Mm-hmm. The Thunder are 100 to 1. Why are the 100 why are they only 100 to 1? They have uh they have the Hawks have longer odds than the, the thunder, thunder have better odds than the hawks that's absolutely insane like obviously it has to do with liability somewhere there's some somebody that bet them for some reason and raised that number down but like why okay even if you're not a hawks believer yeah why are the thunder having better title odds than the pacers <laughs> who have made the playoffs like six years in a row <laughs> um also why are the magic plus 250 and the hornets are the same as the magic why are the Spurs the same as the Hornets? I, I don't look, man. I don't know. I have questions about this list. I I you're 
preaching. Like anyway, hey one, hey one twenty five to one. How about five bucks on the Hawks? Yeah, have a little, you know, have a little fun, friends. Listen, I, I, I went six twenty five. I have already said on this podcast, my long shot is uh, I've I've already endorsed Trey Young. Trey Young sixty six to one. He's he's in the column. It's absolutely a good value. It's great value. I mean, look, the, the young man's going to put up. We know he, he can he put may, up numbers. He may not win, but to put sure. it full circle, Trey Young is capable of leading the league in assists. And scoring. and Or top five in scoring. Yeah. If he puts up the numbers like that and the Hawks are the four seed in the East, which isn't likely to happen, I don't think, that all Unlikely, the things are happen, but, but 66 to 1? Like, there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance? What you need to win MVP is – Numbers scoring. and narrative. Yes. Trey Young, the numbers are going to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if the, the Hawks, Hawks are win, good, if the Hawks win, narrative is there. the narrative will be there as well. So, I'm with you because he I'm is saying. clearly the best player on the team. Yeah, that's the other thing that you don't want to – the other thing you want to avoid is teams that have two good players unless they're the absolute – Unless like, it's AD. I, I endorse AD. Well, I was going to say, unless it's the team that is the best team in the league. Like yes. the Lakers can pull it off because they are a two-man team, and they're, and they're the Lakers. Yes, and they might be the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Like, if you're betting Paul George MVP odds, I have no idea what to do. What's what to tell you? Like, there's, <laughs> like, and I and by the way, I still like Paul George. I think Paul George is underrated now. But like, he's, well, yeah. he's not winning the MVP on a team with Kawhi Leonard. It's just not happening. No. Um. Anyway, we're off the rails. Robbie, thank you. Thank you, thank you for joining me for this marathon two-part podcast. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure every year, bud. I will beg you to come back. I believe you're doing the same thing with Sam Bassini in the near future, which he's already been uh, advertising on this podcast. By the way, I've heard that. Has he really? It's, yeah, it's we're uh, we're we're gonna fire it up. He was on um, with uh, Dave Dufour and uh, was was previewing the Callan appearance. Oh, so it's coming. I gotta go watch. Uh, apparently, you have to watch uh, the Fat Man so we can discuss that. He is he is re- he is requested because he has Sam, some takes. Sam does movie takes on occasion. So I mean, that used to be his job. Front of the, front of the podcast, Sam Bassini. So the best. Uh, Robert, thank you. Please plug everything you got and then get out of here. Uh, yeah, read this. Read me. Read Brad on uh, Uprocks. We're doing preview stuff. Um, the podcast is churning. Inching towards the finish of the college football season, um, so subscribe to that. And, it, it never uh, it never stops though. You just you just, just go to golf or something after that. Yeah, man. No, we're, we'll roll right into the Hawaii swing uh, in January in the <laughs> NFL. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So no, that's 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 about it. Read us on dime um, for Hawks centric stuff. I've my uh, pre-draft on Yeka Kongu profile is up there if you want to get to get to know a little bit more about the man that y'all got at uh six overall um that is there we'll, yes, uh, I, I we'll have shared that and I, will, and I will share it again um to and um uh, yeah we're gonna you know i I've, I've got some some thoughts kicking around in my head i'll probably write about the hawks here coming up not too long because uh obviously i have some thoughts we talked about them here some but uh flesh those out because again like it has. They have been one of the stories of the off season um, in a positive manner, which isn't something we've had really in Hawksland in a long time. I mean, like when I covered the team, it was uh, the same thing every year, man. Um, not a lot of free agent excitement. So this has been uh, been a bit of a treat, I, I assume, for Hawks fans and uh, enjoy it because I think hopefully uh, you won't have 
a ton of overhaul coming in too near the future, although I do think there's some moves coming uh, down the line. There we go. We'll uh, have you back in the near future to talk more Hawks, but thank you for doing this, Robbie. Please subscribe to the podcast, everybody. Check out Robbie's stuff. Check out my stuff, and we'll see you all next time.